It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. So let's take a look at this game. Uh, let's first look at 49ers offense versus the Cowboys defense. And so when you talk about 49ers offense, you've got to start with, with Brock Purdy, right? Um, you know, the the the, the dominant storyline, at least in the second half of the NFL, uh, to me, the dominant storyline right now, uh, you know, the, the rookie seventh-round quarterback who is leading this this team that has uh, absolutely has a Super Bowl winning caliber roster. And I know one of the things to touch on, and, and I'm going to let you go here, is uh, all of a sudden, really just this week, we've started to see a lot of criticism of Brock Purdy's game. And I know that you wanted to touch on that. So I, I'm going to give it to you. The floor is yours, Zane. Uh, what is going on here? So a lot of the, the national media, and again, we don't expect these folks to understand really what's going on here because they'll cover this team for a few weeks out of the year. They don't, they're not like Matt Barrows and Matt Mayoko and Jennifer Lee Chan and, and all the other great writers who were here in, in the Bay Area that cover the team on a day-to-day basis. They don't, they don't attend the practices. They don't, they don't see the progression from what, what Brock Purdy was at, at camp to what he is now and, and how he's ascended to what he is. The, outside world, I'll call them, just sees a, a fun, cute little storyline of uh, a guy who is basically lightning in the bottle and won't be able to maintain this because he has XYZ tendencies. Now, the reason I think that's a bunch of hogwash is because we're talking about a seventh round rookie who had zero first team snaps before the second half of the season where he was thrust into the starting lineup against a then first place Miami Dolphins team, which was absolutely rolling after Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. And what did he? What has he done? Uh, I don't know. He's only had the most successful season out of any rookie 49ers quarterback ever, and one of the most successful seasons of any rookie ever. And he he became the first quarterback to throw three touchdowns and run for run for another. He became the youngest quarterback to ever do that in the playoffs. So he is piling historical numbers right now, and you can't ignore that. And we've heard, oh, it's Kyle Shanahan's system that allows receivers to run wide open. Oh, he's getting away with a lot that he's not going to be able to get away with uh, as we go further in the playoffs, according to Chris Sims. And to me, I just don't buy that. And that's not saying that I know more than a former NFL quarterback. That's me saying that it's not that simple because if it were that simple, somebody would have stopped him by now. They've seen enough of him. They've seen half a season worth of games, essentially, and nobody's been able to stop him or even slow him down for that matter. People talk about the 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 struggle of the first half, quote unquote, that he had in the first playoff game. The ball was wet. He had several throws get away from him. He identified the proper read. He made the throw and it got away from him. It's not a big deal. And he showed in the second half, conditions got better, he got better. So I'm not, I'm not at all concerned about that. What bothers me the most is they're taking away credit from a kid who's done the, done his homework, done the due diligence, that his, that takes care of the ball. Do we hear the same criticism of Trevor Lawrence after he had a freaking four-pick game in the first half? Are people criticizing Trevor Lawrence like that? They're like, oh, hey, no, it's great. He won the game. He came back, and he won the, he won the game, so all of the first-half stats are irrelevant. No, they're not because you can't just cherry-pick things and be like, oh, well, he did okay in the second half. No, it doesn't matter. Throughout the entirety of the game, even the first half, Brock Purdy was fine. 
he was fine. He missed a couple of throws. Every quarterback misses throws. He didn't throw the ball to the other team. He didn't have a four interception game. Didn't fumble it. He was executing the offense. They, they piled up the most yards they had all season under him. So yeah, all of this criticism under about Brock Purdy, all of this, this back and forth of who's, who's going to get more credit for this. Is it Kyle? Is it Purdy? Is it the receivers and running backs or who is it? Right. None of that should matter because there have been several quarterbacks to go through this 49er system and countless quarterbacks that Kyle Shannon has had before this that have run his system. And very few, there's there's been one, there's been only one, Matt Ryan, who has run the system better. And that was 2016. So yeah. they can take all of that and they can shove it because Brock Purdy <laughs> is doing a hell of a job right now. And no, no amount of criticism and quote unquote film study from people saying that he's making this that and that the other mistake is going to take away from the fact that he is absolutely rolling and he is undefeated as a supporting our starting quarterback up until this point and shows no signs of slowing down. Well, and I think what irritates me is this this push to diminish what Purdy is doing because Kyle Shanahan is an offensive genius, right? And it's like, mm-hmm. okay. So the argument is, well, he, well, he's, or I literally, there's probably been ten dudes on Twitter that have that have uh, been in my mention saying I could run that offense and do exactly what Brock Purdy is doing, and and that is such a disingenuous comment because it is born out of ignorance because mm-hmm. there have been plenty of quarterbacks that have put on the red and gold when Kyle was their play caller that has not been doing what Brock Purdy has been doing. Is he hitting Mm -hmm. open receivers? Yes. Are they difficult throws? No, but let me tell you something. If your quarterback is consistently and routinely being relied upon to make difficult throws, AKA throws into tight coverage or throws that are 25, 30 yards down the field, you know what your quarterback is? He is a victim of a shitty offensive coordinator. That's what he is. Mm -hmm. And so Kyle Shanahan is a great offensive coordinator. Brock Purdy is running the offense the way that Kyle Shanahan drew it up. Jimmy Mm -hmm. Garoppolo couldn't run it that way. In his limited sample size, Trey Lance couldn't run it that way. Nick Mm -hmm. Mullins that way. C.J. Beathard couldn't run it that way. Brian Hoyer couldn't run it that way. There have been Mm -hmm. five other guys that could just step into this offense and do what Purdy is doing and haven't done it. Mm -hmm. So at what point do you give credit to the kid for doing this? Because no one else has. And that's what's irritating to me is, yeah, anyone can do it. Well, then why haven't they? Why hasn't anyone else done it? Why hasn't anyone mm-hmm. else run it this way except for Matt Ryan in 2016? So so these these comments, right, that try and diminish what he's doing, oh, he's throwing to open receivers, or, oh, yeah, I'd be good too if all I had to do was, was you know, throw it five yards downfield. Brock Purdy is 17th in the NFL in completed air yards per reception. Do you know who that's better than? That's better than Jared Goff. Uh, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, and Kyler Murray. That's better than all those guys, right? Mm-hmm. 17th. 
If you want to talk about a dot average depth of target, uh, Brock Purdy's a dot is 6.6 yards. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, a dot is 7.2 yards. Okay. Is that wildly better? Absolutely not. Zane, do you know who led the NFL in yards from yards after the catch in 2020, 2021, and 2022? Debo? That'd be Mr. Patrick Mahomes. Oh, sorry. I'm talking about quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Patrick Mahomes led the NFL the past three seasons in yards from yards after the catch. Got it. Yards from yards after the catch. I thought you meant just yards after the catch. (laughs) Yeah. Stop it with this nonsense that, like, Purdy is just running this offense that is that is idiot proof because it's not mm-hmm. because we've seen plenty of people act like idiots behind set or under center in this 49ers offense and you know get us nowhere right and so mm-hmm. I mean ev- eventually you've got to you've got to give the kid his flowers because mm-hmm. he's doing something that no one else that has strapped that helmet on for the 49ers has done. And you want to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo, once he had Christian McCaffrey, right? This offense was scoring 26 points a game with mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. If you include that Seattle game, this is scoring 34 and a half points per game, eight and a half points more. That is not an accident. That mm-hmm. is not a fluke. That is a kid who is running this offense the way that the offensive genius wants him to. And he's been incredible. And so I can see that our buddy Akash has joined us. We're going to, we're going to let him jump in to this conversation. Akash, we are talking right now about what is going on with all these people criticizing Brock Purdy's play or diminishing his play because he plays within Kyle Shanahan's offense. What is your take on what Purdy has done and whether or not it is quote unquote impressive, if you will? I just think it's his ability to operate the offense. And I don't understand why we always got to give credit to one to take away from someone else. I think Kyle Shanahan's doing a good job of drawing up plays. I think the 49ers are as talented as anyone on the offensive side of the ball. And Brock Purdy is finding the right players to hit at the right time. And ultimately, he's playing point guard. He's doing what he's asked to as well as he is. And he's creating out of structure. So I think you can kind of spread the credit around and it doesn't need to be all at one on one player. And I think his draft status is probably skewing people's perception of what he's been doing. Yeah, Yeah, Brock Purdy was a first round pick. People will be losing this with how well he's playing right now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is kind. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Yeah, it's <laughs> It's, it's unfortunate because the first-round picks get so much more leeway. And I, and I feel like I've been picking on Trevor Lawrence because of his game, his first playoff game. And I feel bad because, yeah, like that's kind of like my go-to right now. But I feel like if, to your point, Brian, if he, if he was drafted in the first round, there would be more leeway for him to make mistakes. But now because because he's a, a seventh-round rookie and, and so many people, I guess, feel like they, quote-unquote, missed the, the boat on that, they, they feel justified to be able to uh, criticize him as a result. And I just think it's totally unfair. But well, thanks for joining us, Akash. Uh, Akash, uh, backstory. So Akash and I have known, us, uh, known each other for several years now. Um, you know, when back when you were in Seattle and back when you had, uh, you know, a thousand followers and not, not the 10,000 plus <laughs> that you have now. Like Akash is, is one of my good friends. And uh, yeah, thank you so much, man. For, I know it was short notice, <laughs> but thank you so much for joining us today. It really, it really uh, it's, it's awesome to have you. No, man. I appreciate you guys for having me. I know I did this with Brian and Al, and I think you missed you missed out last time. And then this time it looks like Al's out. So <laughs> oh, the one constant, I'll come back baby, again. The one constant. <laughs> I was gonna say Brian's the only one that uh, shows up every time. <laughs> right? He's he's like Brock Purdy. He shows up every single time. Right? I'm the and- I'm the new guy. I gotta I gotta uh, prove my worth. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we kind of spent the first the first part of the show, Akash, talking about this matchup against Dallas and how it while it will be a, a, a tougher test than what we had with Seattle, this is a game that the 49ers could and, and probably should win because they feel it feels like the better team. And and I'm not I don't know if I'm alone in, in feeling this way, but it seems like Dallas was the same team as they were last year for the most part, with the exception that Tony Pollard is now the, the focal point running the ball as opposed to Zeke Elliott. But I feel like it's one of those situations where they're almost the same. So do you feel the same way where they're, it's almost the same matchup, but with the exception that the Niners have kind of taken a a step up with the addition of Christian McCaffrey and Purdy? Kind of, yeah. I think if we start, you know, on the 49ers offensive side of the ball against the Cowboys defense, I think the matchup there is along the offensive line and and the Cowboys defensive line. I think that's where that matchup is going to be decided. Cowboys defensive line, second in adjusted sack rate. They're second in sacks. I mean, they have 54 this season. Obviously, Michael Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, they've just got a lot of talent. And the 49ers offensive line has done a pretty good job pass blocking this year. I think they're third in PFF's pass blocking efficiency. They've generally held up outside of a few Mike McGlinchey plays. And that's going to be the big test. Can they hold up long enough to give Brock Purdy enough time? Because if they do, I don't think the Cowboys secondary – can hang with what the 49ers have on the outside. Uh, I said the other day, the Cowboys are 32nd in DVOA defending wide receiver two. And I just think that's, it's going to be difficult for them to be able to stop Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell. The 49ers just have a lot more firepower on offense this season compared to last year. And then Cowboys defensively, it starts up front with that pass rush, just like it did last season. And if the 49ers offensive line can find a way to neutralize that, then I think, you know, uh, everything rolls from there. I think the 49ers offense, what they've had 37 in four straight games. They've averaged, I think like over 30 points since Christian McCaffrey's arrived. I think that, I think they're going to be hard to stop for any opponent. So I, I don't expect them to, 
Uh, I don't expect Dallas to have much success on that side of the ball. I do think if we flip it over to the Dallas offense versus the 49ers defense, there are some matchup advantages there. I think the 49ers have had a leaky run defense here, right? They gave up a ton, not a lot of yards, but a lot of yards per carry to Josh Jacobs, obviously Kenneth Walker last week in the first half. And I think Tony Pollard, same thing. He's averaging over five yards per carry. He's had a ton of explosive runs. He's a home run hitter. And I think the emphasis is going to be able to stop Tony Pollard and force Dak Prescott to throw the ball. And it's going to start with that. And I think Dak obviously is coming off of a, a solid game uh, last week. It's probably as well as he's ever playing, played the season, I think. And so the question becomes, is that, you know, have they like turned a corner or is that just Dak playing, you know, a, a bad Tampa Bay Bucks defense who, just look like they were ready to go to Cancun. So we'll find out. I think the 49ers defense has been more opportunistic as of late. I don't think they've been a shut down over the last maybe month or so. It's been more of they've given up points, they've given up yards, but they've found ways to come up with key stops and key turnovers. That's going to be the case again. Obviously, Prescott leads the league in interceptions. Niners defense leads the league in interceptions. I think a key turnover here or there could be just the difference in this game. Um, on both sides. But just like you you started off the question, I think these two teams are very similar to where they were last year. I think the 49ers are healthier, obviously a little bit more explosive on offense now, but similar matchup, just kind of the reverse uh, at Levi's. Uh, before we before we look at that uh, 49ers versus Dallas offense, the one thing I did want to say, throw out a prediction. Uh, I already threw it out on Twitter so here. Um, last, last matchup, Brandon and I put on a blender multiple times um and i fully expect that to happen again uh so just like last year Ayuk will put digs in a blender but unlike last year his quarterback is actually going to find him at least once when he does that <laughs> and i don't i'm not that's not me throwing shade people i'm simply saying that there were there there was at least one time where if jimmy garoppolo would have just thrown the ball to brandon Ayuk. They'd have gone up 30 to seven at that point, and that game would have been over. So uh, I think that's going to happen again. I think I think Ayuk is going to have a big game. Like you said, Akash, uh, Dallas struggles uh, defending wide receiver two. And I mean, technically, that is Brandon Ayuk on this uh, on this team, unless they're in 21 personnel with Debo in the backfield, at which point Ayuk becomes wide receiver one. 